Hey, how you doing? Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available for Monday the 4th of December 2017 with me, Daniel Ruiz Tyson, episode 194. I hope you're all well, keeping on doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. The first show, I think, since January, February time where I've been wearing long johns. It's been a, an exceptionally cold few days in southwest London at the time of recording. So uh, I had to bring the long johns back out on Thursday. I wasn't taking any chances. Hat placed over the bouffant. Wasn't able to get my hair cut on Friday. Mobility, something of a problem with the long johns. Actually, I think the long johns affected me on my uh, shop. I tend to finish early at the man's on Fridays. And uh, I go straight to the uh, supermarket, do my shop. And uh, it was a horrendous one on Friday afternoon. I had packed a basket. I don't like pushing a trolley, you know. It reminds me of being a Saturday boy. I don't like the trolley. So I was carrying this basket. I got to the uh, checkout. In fact, just before I got to the checkout... I dropped the uh, frozen pizza, £1.25, to the floor. I thought, can I be asked to walk back to the frozen section and get another one? No, I couldn't. I just made a mental note to uh, use an antibacterial wet wipe on it when I got back indoors. Then at the checkout, I didn't load all my uh, shopping on the belt properly as the uh, cashier finally got the belt going. You know, the guy in front of me was taking ages uh, to complete his uh, purchases. Uh, Something fell. I can't remember what fell. An item fell and the customer behind me picked it up for me. And that was the uh, second item I had to make a mental note to uh, wet wipe uh, when I got back home. So uh, as I say, mobility is something of a problem for the long johns. But the warmth aside, the other plus of wearing them is that you can tuck your long johns into your socks. And uh, if you suffer, as I was prone to, particularly in the summer, weak sock elastic, when you're sitting down and your trousers ride up, and your ankles are exposed and people might think, hey, you're wearing ankle socks. That doesn't happen when you've got the long johns on because you just tuck them into your socks. I can live with that. On a late Thursday morning, there was a light snow in uh, London. I was watching it come down from my window seat at the man's and it looked like the kind of dandruff, giant dandruff, you might imagine a giant, if they existed, would be shaken off from their sizable heads. I've said it before, I do prefer the winter, but when you're out of the flat before seven in the morning, cold, dark mornings like this, that preference is seriously tested. Now, this is not the first winter by any means that I've done this, that I've had to commute early to the man's. But, you know, I've been fortunate that for the last three, four years, I didn't have to do that. And although I was always up early to write full time, I wasn't leaving the flat till, you know, 10, 30, 11 to go out to the cafe to, to spend a couple of hours writing at my toilet table. So I'd completely forgotten that at this time of year, it is dark until around... Uh, what is it, 07.30 hours, I'm getting into Nine Elms around that time, and it starts to get a bit lighter, so I had forgotten that. Having managed to extricate myself from the man's Christmas lunch, as uh, reported, I think, on episode 193, an expensive lunch too it was, and wondering how, when so many of us are struggling to make ends meet, that such a decision could have been made, you know, location, venue-wise, to send such an invitation out. And I thought I'd dealt with that. 
Then, in the middle of last week, after episode 193 was recorded, I was included on an email, a new venue. Uh, a chunk of people couldn't make the original venue, presumably because of a combination of cost and uh, an aversion to wankiness, maybe. The new choices that were offered weren't that much better. You're not going to get me into a Mexican chain restaurant, I can promise you that. I've dealt with the invite once. I wasn't going to put myself through the process of declining the invite again. So uh, I didn't respond to it. Christmas is such a hard time for the introvert. It really is. It has been a hard year. I'm working like a dog, as I'm sure you are. It's just this is the first time in years I've had to give that commitment to the man. And all the money coming in, it doesn't stay with me. So I can't really find a way to leave the man to go back to writing full time until I sell one of the pieces of work I've either completed or I'm trying to complete. So there's no real way out of the man's clutches at the moment. So I'm trying to save now. I'm trying to save just before Christmas. That's not going to be easy. It just kills me that the man is getting this energy this year. It really makes me question myself when it comes to finishing this script. It didn't help that on Friday I wasn't able to do much on the script because I had to put this particular episode together. And that always has me questioning the podcast. Why do I do it? It's a tiny audience and I just end up moaning on air. Why do I put myself through this? I think even if I make it back, and I really believe I will... If it was just to do with talent, originality, I know that I would have made it back already. I know that there are plenty of other factors, maybe more important factors. That's the way the media works. But I still believe that I will make it back because I believe in myself and I believe in my work. And I know that half the battle has always been my background means a lot of doors are closed to people like me. And it's no different at the man's. I've seen the way it works at the man's. You know, I've You know, the man's been a part of my life on and off for maybe 25 years now. I think I've said it before. I do not have a group of friends who could claim that I am part of their clique, if they have cliques. I do not belong to any cliques. I've never liked that. That comes from my dad. You know, I would say I have a bunch of friends that I'm close to, less close these days, I suppose. That's just been a change in me at this age now. That has been a difference. I think I recognise a similarity to my dad in that respect. I think he became very much a lone wolf at this age, and I think I followed that pattern. And I often question that. I question whether my dad had the same thoughts as I do over the last few years. Had he worked things out? Had he seen where he'd failed? Had he seen what still needed to be done in order to succeed? And was that why he shut himself away from many people? And similarly, I've been, you know, at jobs in the past where you could see the cliques and I wasn't part of those cliques. And maybe in younger days, I wasn't as confident as I am now. So maybe I didn't deal with it brilliantly, but I dealt with it. But now it's pretty easy for me to deal with it. I just don't like seeing it. I don't like seeing the way it maybe affects younger colleagues who might be excluded from the cliques. But cliques are everywhere. They're a part of life. But the cliques tend to be made up of the same type of people. And if you're not part of that, if you don't share their background, then your journey to wherever you want to get to is that much more difficult. And that has been a massive lesson to me 
over the last few years to uh, try and understand that. So I do genuinely believe that I will make it back to where I was. But here's what bothers me. And of course, it's not just about making it back to where I was, but can I stay there this time? And that's the difficulty because you can't be relying on one piece of work or even two pieces of work. You have to build up a body of work. And I'm trying to rebuild a body of work, not just one piece of work. But how do you rebuild a body of work when you're constantly chasing your tail? And here's what really bothers me, that there will have been far too many lows. Even if I succeed again, there will have been far too many lows. There's no getting away from that. There have been too many places I should never have been in, too many difficult moments with bosses, too many sleepless nights worrying about the man and fretting too about the nine to five world's impact on what I'm good at. Too much of my adult life has been wasted on a world that I don't belong in. And I think that self-awareness, knowing that, I'm not sure, as I say, I'm not sure that even if I were to succeed again, that I'll be able to get over that psychologically. I don't think I will. I can't see that I will, or I can't see how I will. You know, sometimes, you know, I'm in these places And it just feels so wrong that I'm there. And even if I was materialistic, life in London is that expensive that, in my case, I can't do anything with what I'm earning. It's just putting out fires. I can't replenish the wardrobe. I can't hire a studio to record this show, say, in the way that I'd like to record it. Or I can't buy a a decent microphone. I can't buy a mixing desk. I can't do these things. I'm always having to find a workaround. Enough with the navel-gazing, David. Come on, get on with the show. Episode 193, I talked about the urgent need to update my wardrobe and how I would do it if I got the opportunity. The emphasis was very much on a transitional wardrobe, no sudden change of image. Well, no such thinking from a guy at the Mans who last week from Wednesday to Thursday debuted new shirts every day. Very striking. Not the shirts. The shirts were fine. They worked. They were nice shirts. I mean, the transformation was striking. He's not an extrovert by any means, not from what I've seen, nor is he an introvert. You know, he's a a nice guy, uh, very approachable. Maybe, probably... He doesn't care about such things, doesn't waste his time sweating the small stuff like some of us. Had it been me, though, I would have staggered the shirts. I would have broken up the new one with the return of an old 2014 winter season favourite the next day. And probably on the third day, too, I would have worn an old shirt. I'd bring in the second new shirt on the fourth day. I'd finish the week off with another old shirt. I'd mix it up. You know, two new shirts out of five days. I think that personally for me, that approach works better. And I think the comfort I draw from wearing something old on three of those days, knowing that I had a new wardrobe gradually coming in, would be considerable. In other news, I'm back at war with the uh, Nine Elms monster regarding their uh, cash machines. It's something that really annoys me. It's something that I can't put to one side. I get to the cafe and straight away, instead of focusing on my work, I'm trying to tap out an email on a touchscreen phone, which annoys me to uh, the uh, people I've been dealing with who uh, run Sainsbury's banking services. And uh, the store says it's the responsibility of these people. These people, I think, would like to see the store take more responsibility. And basically... You know, the the, the ATM, that sounds too American, the cash point on the ground floor 
all of last week it did not print out receipts and uh, the cash point on the top floor doesn't give out £10 notes again. Now the old store, they used to run three cash points from that site and it was a smaller store. It was a big store but a smaller store. This store is enormous. This store is too big and it only has two cash points. If you're going to do something, do it properly. I always say that. That road, you can walk for five bus stops, you can walk for 20 minutes. There are no other cash points on that road from the side of my old college, Lambeth College, all the way up to Vauxhall. Those are the only two cash points. It's important in this day and age of uh, fraud, card fraud, online fraud, that you're able, I think, to have a receipt to prove you carried out a transaction. And I'm always paranoid about this because I have been done twice in the last uh, 13, 14 years. Not for about 10 years, but I got hit twice in about four years, and I'm very careful. So I do value a receipt, and, uh, you know, I'm waiting for uh, Sainsbury's to come back to me. It just annoys me, you know. The state of their stationery section as well, they don't have any of the A6 uh, notebooks that I always uh, get. It's just, it's, it's shambolic. I don't know why in supermarkets the stationery section is treated with such disregard. That's not exclusive to Sainsbury's. I've seen that in other stores too. It always seems to be the first section to just go. You're listening to Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available sweating the small stuff because the small stuff does matter. Ways to support the show, you can do all your Amazon shopping by clicking on the Amazon referral link at danielruiztyson.com. Amazon recognizes you've gone to them via the referral link on my site and kicks back a small percentage of whatever you've purchased back to my work at no extra cost to you. Uh, the bad news is that that is not actually earning anything. I've just had an email on Friday confirming that the uh, site has, again, not made enough money. So uh, there will be no payment just before Christmas. Uh, the site hasn't made anything now for, uh, for six months. So that is a problem. Now, if you don't use Amazon to do your shopping, great, and I mean that. Well done you for being different. You know, when your time to uh, exit this world comes along, you'll arrive in the afterlife and uh, the dead will be muttering... That guy, that girl, never did any Amazon shopping. That's brilliant. But if you do use Amazon for your shopping, and if you do listen to this show, why not do your Amazon shopping by going via my site, clicking on that Amazon referral link, and Amazon kicks back a small percentage of your purchase at no extra cost to you back to the site, and the site may end up paying for itself again. That would be nice. Maybe that will happen again in the new yeah, further ways to support the show, you can rate and review the podcast on iTunes. That, of course, helps enormously. And uh, it's ratings and reviews, not just uh, a rating. That's how it makes a difference. That's how this show might finally again re-enter the charts. And uh, if you haven't clicked that subscribe button, do click it. Perhaps you might even consider making a secure donation to the podcast via the PayPal link at danielruiztizen.com. Don't forget, too, uh, you've got my uh, Daniel Ruiz Tizen's Advent Calendar, my daily show for the whole Fast Network, also available on iTunes. 
that is out every day started on the 1st of December finishes on Christmas Eve I'm not interested in Christmas Day I'm not a Christmas Day person I never was I never was and uh, the show has never ever had a single review on iTunes so if you're uh, downloading the show on iTunes do please rate and review the Advent Calendar maybe that show will get some belated deserved attention A hygiene fail now, a spectacular unforeseen one on my part on uh, Friday. Uh, A bad way to open uh, my December. I'd popped out of the man's on my lunch break, which uh, I keep as short as possible. And I popped out to collect a prescription and I walked to the nearest boots. I noted straight away there was a junkie ahead of me. There are several hostels in the area, an area that I know very well, SW1. Indeed, most of my early podcasts came from SW1 back in 2010. And I was in the queue behind this first guy and I saw the pharmacist hand a bottle to this guy. The guy took a sip from the bottle, pouring a dose into the cap. And I thought, that's odd. What is that? Is that a a taster? What's going on here? The uh, guy handed the bottle back to the pharmacist. The pharmacist peeled back the label on the bottle. I hadn't seen that before. And then I saw him chuck the bottle into a crate behind the counter. Now, I always carry my uh, Hall of Fame four-coloured Bic with me, but I made a mistake here. The pharmacist handed me a pen to sign my prescription. I was too slow to show him the uh, four-coloured bic. Normally, when I'm at the pharmacy or somewhere that requires me to sign something, I've always got my pen in my hand. You know, I'll make out that I'm just playing with it, that it just happens to be in my hand, and when they offer me a pen, I just uh, show my pen and think, well, it's in my hand. It happened to be in my hand. I may as well sign with my own pen. I failed to do that here. I took the pen that the pharmacist offered me. He'd handle that right after handling the bottle of whatever it was the junkie had handed back and uh, I signed the prescription handed it back to him thought then uh, I thought I'm not going to be able to eat my sandwich on the move here through the uh, back streets of SW1 then I put my card in the machine to pay for the prescription I'd been given the option of using contactless but I'm not a fan of that And at my age, using contactless is up there with Harrison Ford getting his ear pierced in his uh, 50s when he started dating the Ali McBeal star in the late 90s. That's, I think, what I think personally when I see people my age using contactless. It It just looks like we're trying too hard to fit in with the kids. So I entered my pen left-handed. I didn't want to go right-handed on the card after using uh, the pen, the pharmacist's pen in my right hand. Incidentally, I'd left the uh, hand gel at the man's, which compounded the horror of uh, that lunchtime. As I waited for the prescription to be sorted, another guy then came in to the uh, pharmacy, also looked dreadful, gave his date of birth like the other guy, both younger than me but both looked at least 10 years older. The pharmacist handed him a bottle. The guy twisted the cap, poured a dose, swallowed it, and returned the bottle to the pharmacist, who peeled the label back a little once more and put the cap back on the bottle before dumping the bottle in the crate. I couldn't do that guy's job, I have to say. I really couldn't. Realistically, these guys aren't coming in with clean hands. You know, that's what really gets me. Next time, I think I'll wait until I'm back in SW8 or 9 and uh, use my regular pharmacy. Still no uh, soft-baked biscuit offers. Uh, by the way, the soft mastication audio continues to elude me. I checked every day last week. Uh, now time to bring you the uh, second Lou incident 
of last week that occurred with the big boss at the man's um, I wasn't able to bring you that on Thursday. I was running out of time. This had occurred on Wednesday, 29th of November, 13, 14 hours. I was at the uh, urinals. And, you know, I don't want to be graphic here, so I'll, I'll do my best. You know, graphic isn't my style, but I was at the urinals, my usual spot, the uh, near urinal, closest to the door. The big boss came in, took the far urinal, and, you know, I start to get all over the place with this guy. I don't like to be recognised by bosses, and I keep running into this guy in the gents. And uh, he often looks at me, and I don't know if he's trying to establish some familiarity, trying to, you know, convey he may be a man of the people. If that's the case, I don't really want it to be happening in the loo, you know. I don't want that familiarity to happen there. So I'd finished. I was there maybe about a minute before he arrived. I was finishing now, my pants, and for any American listeners, by pants in the UK, obviously, we mean uh, boxers, underwear. My pants were a little tight that day. You know, I'm getting home very late, too late to uh, put a wash on often. So uh, I'm down to my second choice underwear at the moment. And I was struggling to get everything back in. And the pants were that tight that if you're a guy, you may use this method as well. You tuck a finger in to the top of the pants and, and you're stretching those pants so you can get everything back in. And uh, the finger slipped away from the pants and the elastic just hit me hard there. The audio was deafening and painful. And there was a little delay after that where I was struggling to recover the situation and... This guy, he heard it. He must have been wondering what was going on. Now, you could say if you knew the person, if it was a colleague that you were familiar with or got on with, you could have made a joke about that. I think, you know, you've got your friends in your real life and you've got your maybe your work friends. I think it's very difficult to be so pally with work friends. It would take a lot, you know. You'd have to be working there for a long time, I think, to be able to make light of that situation. And uh, just as I saw this guy going into the cubicle last week struggling, of course, he, he had no regard for the fact that I was there washing my hands. He didn't care. He's the boss. He can do whatever he wants. But uh, I feel like now he has this over me because uh, it was just so embarrassing. An underwear malfunction. And he witnessed it. He heard it. He knows who I am now, I'm pretty sure. Let's uh, round up the uh, show today uh, with another visit to the cafe. I forgot to mention that a couple of Saturdays ago, November the 18th, 11.43 hours, as the boiler was getting fixed here in the flat, I took uh, refuge first in the library and uh, then the cafe. And uh, I forgot to say that when I was in the cafe that morning, there was an old school customer in with his wife and kid the guy's about my age suspiciously dark hair now for our age slight overbite and he's a guy that's always annoyed me because he always has to have the latest hairstyle in 2002 when i first became aware of him he had the uh, japan career david beckham with the highlighted crescent do you remember that that was quite a memorable hairstyle quite a few guys had that and this guy had that He's always an early adopter of something. He can't let any fashion pass him by. Now he has a, a quiff and a high fade. The hair looks not only suspiciously dark, but it looks like he's bought it because I'm sure that he was receding a couple of years ago. And he's got this massive Peter Suckliff beard. I'd love to see this guy sit out of fashion. 
I don't see him in the cafe that often these days. But uh, I'd love to see him maybe six months from now when the next men's hairstyle is in. I'd love to see him sitting that out. I'd just love to say to him, who are you? Who is the real you? What do you think will happen if you don't get this hairstyle? Talking of uh, ridiculous hair, Nigel Havers, the new cafe waiter whose recent beard had actually bought him time with his bouffant, has uh, rather disappointingly shaved the sides of his hair, keeping the top of the bouffant and the back of it Mohican-like. It's a hairstyle for me that has never worked. I, uh, and I mean by that, not that I've tried it. it just, it's just a rubbish hairstyle. Beaten only, I think, in the worst men's hairstyle stakes by the white ruster look that was super fashionable in Lambeth back in 1983. It's the hairstyle equivalent of me suddenly turning up at the man's in new work clothes every day, albeit smart clothes. But in terms of the sudden change, it's that. It's just as striking. Meantime, the new art gallery next door, I'm not sure what's going on there. The smaller sign is still there. The first exhibition has ended, but the big sign over the doors has disappeared. Which, uh, you know, if it means the place has gone for good, you know, that would be great. I'd love for it to be gone. I don't think it has. Maybe it's some sort of pop-up. I don't know. Something is amiss, though. Too many businesses move into South Lambeth without doing their homework, I think. The bespoke tailor come furniture maker of 2015 was gone inside six months, just as I'd predicted. This area might be getting gentrified, but the gentrifiers don't necessarily spend their money locally. A lot of them still get into their 4x4s and drive you know, into central London to do their shopping. We're still some period away, I think, from being able to say with confidence that a, a gallery in South Lambeth, a door away from a chicken shop, we're still some years away, I think, from being able to say with any certainty, yeah, that's going to work. And that is it. That is today's show. I hope you guys enjoy your start to the week and do what you do well. You can only do your best. Shoulders back, people. Keep on walking towards the sun. I'm back on Thursday as the Christmas countdown continues. Just six more of these shows and then I am free. I'm Daniel Ruiz-Tyson and today I have been available. Available.